Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God, we want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post Sunday Podcast. What is going on, Post-Sunday Podcasters? I'm your host, Pastor Johnny Sierra, here with my other host, Pastor Tim Grandstaff. How's it going, my man? Welcome back. You were over in the West Coast. I was in the hottest place on earth, (laughs) Vegas, 115 degrees yesterday, trying to get out of there. It was so hot, they couldn't let planes take off from the airport. Oh, my gosh, bro. So i never been. I don't know if I care to go back, <laughs> <laughs> but it was good. Yeah, yeah. Vegas is fun. I had I, I've been I've been there for, uh, one time a couple years back, and um, yeah, it was a lot to do. Very fun place, but very dangerous if you. <laughs> yeah, I got, if you I, got I got nothing there. Like, yeah, I, I don't care to go spend money. <laughs> yeah, and, and waste it. It was I, the same for my me. My eyes bug out like watching people just waste money away. Like it just mind boggling yeah. so there's a lot of other basketball festivities that's why i was you, there yeah my son that's was video recording with under armor so i was getting to enjoy time with my son and basketball that we love and then sightsee a little bit but the yeah there's there's a lot of money just disappearing out there from people and that blows my mind yeah it does man um and i i find it fascinating some of their tactics and how they do what they do in regards to casinos and all that stuff to really kind of hook people and get them get them going and continuing. So, But uh, anyways, we are with you guys here, episode 29. I'm excited. I can't believe it, man. We're, we're ready to hit 30 here soon. So um, we're, we're right around that, uh, right a little over halfway point and mark of the year. If you guys have been with us, thank you for, for just uh, being loyal with us day oneers appreciate you um but we are post this is the post sunday podcast we're uh we're stemming out of genesis church orlando um a lot of our conversations come through our sunday services which if you're in the east side of orlando we invite you to come be a part of it you can find all the information at genesischurchorlando.com but uh for the meantime in this social sphere we uh we're in youtube we are on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, Twitter. We're hitting all social spheres for you guys. Just just go ahead and type in Post Sunday Podcast. You'll be able to find us in all those avenues. But like we were saying, we're doing a never-ending story at Genesis Church Orlando, which is literally from Genesis 1 all the way to Revelations the entire year, basically a full church Bible study. Uh, going in there, but really, uh, it's 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 a little bit more deeper than 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 that. And so, uh, this is what the conversation is. We're stemming it a little bit more, diving deeper into that, and uh, it's been a huge blessing for us. So, if you can, man, hit the subscribe button if you prefer to watch on YouTube, um, and also the notifications bell every time we get something out for you guys. Follow us on the socials and uh, just stay put with us. But we are on episode 29. We are going right in. We we have a, a, a new central figure that we're 
We're tapping into this week in the book of First Kings 18, and uh, and we're we're going to talk about Elijah at Mount Caramel. Did I say that right? No, I did not say that right. I have You're a tendency of okay. making I'll- my um, certain, and it's just of my background. So forgive the, me. The Puerto Rican from Wisconsin. That Carmel. Caramel. However you want to say it, my friend. I need to, I you're, need you're your help here. You're no, not giving me any. <laughs> Phone a friend. <laughs> Phone a friend. I also realized you are you are <laughs> the king of titling people. They're now the post Sunday <laughs> podcasters. Yes. They're the one dayers. I got on wait. your team. They're the creatives. <laughs> like you, you title everybody. <laughs> it's just them. whatever comes into brain. You know what else I'm you going done? with, man. You promised like week five. What did I do? Post Sunday podcast swag. No, oh, I didn't know. Almost week thirty. I need I need your <laughs> you, signature and sign off on that. <laughs> you have failed the fans that have been. We do have some away. haters of the podcast. Yes, that uh, you know uh, gonna, get in our way a little bit when it comes merch, to uh, financials. Your merch models, all, <laughs> yeah. all, all the haters. We're gonna make them the merch models. I popped out the Genesis um, rain jacket yesterday. Yeah. And we went to two birthday parties, and, and everyone was like, yo, is that the 2024 fall collection line Stop. that you guys are dropping? Like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, have you not seen these before? No. Like, th- bro, when when they do come, the post-Sunday podcast swag, there will be, it'll sell out. It'll those, sell those out. Those rain jackets were made right before we shut the doors at COVID. So no one Ooh. saw them except for when we wore them on stage so, for live. So people are like texting in exclusive. like, hey, the doors are closed, but how do we order? <laughs> and we're like, everything's shut down. Sorry, the order's Sorry. over. And they never came back. Yep. So maybe we need yep. to. Funds are frozen. All right. However, Let's yes, go. we are we are talking about Elijah. And here's the thing about all of this for our listeners, new listeners, watchers, yeah. is that um, we're kind of on this thread that we're trying to get people to see. So there's this overarching thing that we're doing with Genesis to Revelation, but there's this thread. And the thread is, how do you get from the promise of God in Genesis 3, and then obviously the promise that God made to Abraham in Genesis 12, to Jesus? And then what's that look like until he returns? And we can't even hit all the prophets. So we're we're with Elijah, which is the greatest prophet according to the nation of Israel. And we'll talk about that a little bit more this morning. Yeah. But a lot of it has a deal. I want to say less with the prophet, because I don't want to take away from who he is more with the concept of Israel, the chosen people of God and where they keep getting themselves, where God has to keep working past their faults and failures to accomplish his purpose and his faithfulness to us. And so there's this resounding question that keeps showing up. And that is, you know, why all this sin, right? And so as we were, you know, diving into the story, you have the people that now have to start to look at, does my sin have consequences? Mm. And then there's the flip side is the thing that I'm going through, right? A consequence of sin, or is it something God is, you know, a, a trial that God has put in front of me, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's a cycle we see, man, that it's like this revolving cycle of, Sin, repentance, deliverance, sin, repentance, deliverance. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's a byproduct of our, of, of the world that we live in right now. And so we live in a corrupt world. Um, 
and it's you know now this culture is such it's a different it's a different way of of how it's being delivered and given to us or, or put on a platter for us here in this this time frame as opposed to then so we look at their struggles and battles and we're just kind of like kind of shrug our shoulders like that would have been easy to overcome at you know now but mind you we're we're dealing with some things that in comparison would be maybe as equal as theirs you know or or as challenging as theirs at the time so you know we deal with a lot of just uh social media and a lot of different uh aspects in the uh social space computer uh we're just uh digital era like it's it's in a different realm and it's 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 dressed up differently but in the core of it all i think it's still we're in that same cycle still we're battling temptations we're we're falling away from god we need jesus and and so it's just this this cycle but we're here in elijah and it's just again israel has found themselves in a deep hole and now it's like here we go again. <laughs> God needs to bring someone else to shine a light on this 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 tragedy and this this what what's really causing heartache to God. Um and that's where we find ourselves here in with Elijah. Yeah, so. you 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 have this this concept of the reality of our sin has consequences and you may be living in the consequences of those sin. I, I remember, you know, early on in my faith, just coming to this realization that like, just because you come to Christ doesn't mean all the consequences of your sin just disappear. Mm. I think that was a false gospel that was taught and that was given to people. You know, although you're, 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 it says, you know, you're washed white as snow, that sin is removed because now you, you're being purified in Christ yeah. because of what he's done. And that doesn't mean that like, hey, if you stole something and the court said you're going to have to serve time or do something, that just disappears. So there, there's this reality that when sin catches you, often there's a consequence that follows it. And sometimes we're, we're, we're stuck with whatever that ripple effect mm-hmm. was, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean that we're not moving forward in the right direction and that, you know, the, the promise of God for us and for all eternity doesn't you know, await us and is in front of us. But it just is the reality that like the white picket fence doesn't just get built, right? Like there's still some heartache. That's the reality of this broken world till God returns that we have to live in the reality of. The flip side is what we're learning and what people were discovering yesterday was that sometimes it's not not your sin for the trial or the circumstance Mm. that you are dealing with sometimes it's someone else's sin or sometimes it's just a trial and a heartache of this broken world that god is using to to refine you to mold you to shape you you know and so you 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 have this this two-sided coin i think that that people have to realize you know it's like there's the reality that sin and consequences jesus shows up right and he 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 points out the sin in some of the people's lives and the consequence that it has. Then there were people that were like, oh, you, the reason that you have this disease or this sickness was because there was sin in your life or your family's life. Yeah. And that wasn't the case, right? But they lived with this thinking. And there are some people that think because I'm sick or because I'm struggling financially or because this has happened, because I haven't had a child 
is, is there a sin in my life like David's, mm. right? We talked about this a few weeks ago. And that is not necessarily the case. Just because God said to King David, this is your consequence of your sin, therefore I'm going to take your son, doesn't mean because someone had a miscarriage or a stillborn death that that is the consequence of some sin in their life. We, we don't have the right in this aspect to know or judge that. Yeah. However, I think it needs to keep us aware of our life that we're living. Can't just keep go, going on doing what we want to do as if there isn't going to be consequences. On the flip side, we can't look at every heartache and just go, oh, there must be some deep-rooted sin that caused all of this. If it causes us to evaluate some things, that's I think that's a good thing. But it doesn't mean that what you're walking through right now is necessarily some sin in your life that has that has now come over you and is just bear, God's using it to bury you in the dirt with. Mm-hmm. It may be that God has you in, in this moment where you feel like you're being buried in the dirt because he's going to sprout and grow something new out of you, yeah. and it's going to become beautiful. Yeah, I love that. That analogy always uh, is a favorite of mine, just the process of a seed and how it needs to be in a dark place in order for it to be nurtured. Um, I, 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 I was blessed to speak on Joseph's life, which is very similar to something like that. Um, finding yourself in dark places like that, but uh, it's actually an opportunity for growth. But yesterday's teaching really opened up with that, with this in mind. It was one of the first things that was was brought up. How many times do we assume that if we're having issues or problems? or trouble that it's God punishing us for those sins. And so um, it's something for you to evaluate for sure um, because we definitely, every day, we need to evaluate ourselves and, and, and make sure that we are in right standing before God. But some of the times I think it's it's development. I think, you know, God is, we're in the never-ending work of construction, you know, when it comes to our life. So we I don't think we want to lead people to this, like, um, this false understanding that by the end of this year, you'll be perfect and there's that th- there will not be anything to work on. Uh, still, you know, we are on a never ending construction process in our life. And so um, that's the beauty of salvation, hope, you know, uh, beauty of Christ is mercy over our life, all of that, man. But, um, Yesterday, I love, I love this uh, that was brought. Uh, there, there's times when God uses our troubles and, oppor- uh, and, and pain or, or, or circumstances as opportunities to display his power to us and through us. Um, I think that's been a common saying that we have said, uh, maybe reworded here or there, but I feel like you've mentioned that before, too, as you've talked throughout this year. God wants to use that as an, a display of his grace in your life. Yeah, there's that moment we all hit where we need God to work in what we think is uh, an immovable, on an un- immovable path, right? Yeah. Like like we can't go any further. The, the wall's too hard, high to climb. The mountain's too steep. All the analogies you want to use. And it's in that moment that God shows up, you know, the most. And that's because of what we're learning. When you are living in that comfort zone, Mm. you don't feel as if you need God as much. And over and over again, 
Israel in the wilderness, Joseph in a pit, Elijah in the valley, you know, as we'll look today, it's in these moments that you experience God in a way like never before. Therefore, sometimes that trial, that, that circumstance, that heartache uh, can be used more for God's glory than is an opportunity for you to shake your fist at God and just anger is to really step back and say, in all of this, God, what are you doing? What do I need to see? What do I need to hear? What needs to change? This may not be your fault personally, uh, what you're going through. At the same time, God, what lesson are you trying to teach me in it? That's the question to ask yourself. It's not always, why am I going through this in the sense of, woe is me? God, why am I going through this? What is it you want me to see and hear that I would have never seen or heard if not for this circumstance? Yeah. And you never know how God's going to use that. And I think about the, the heartache in my own life, the trials. I think about our own story of of moving our family twice from everything that we've known to, to the middle of nowhere, to be a part of a church plant, then to start a brand new church, all the trials and tribulations that the nights of crying in bed, wondering, God, did I hear you correctly? The heartache in my family's history of, of death, of tragedy, um, that, that have come that you look back and you question God on yet at the same time, as we always say, most of it's hindsight. I can look back now and see what God was doing and what he was teaching me to get me to where I am today. Mm. And so you have to have that insight into your hardest moment. God still is going to reveal himself to you yeah. in a certain way. Yeah. Um, I, I I really, you know, those that are listening, I want to challenge you to really ask yourself that question. What is God trying to teach me in this? I don't, I, don't, I think you've we've heard this time and time again in our life, especially this year for sure. But have you really asked God, like, what, why is he, why is this happening? I want to know. And, and how are you operating through this? Like, God, I just, it's okay. Like, I think, I, th I think we, we think it's not okay to ask questions. It's not, you know, it's not okay to, you know, we, we, we find ourselves maybe even questioning God on it, but I don't think it's a matter of questioning God. I just think you just, you, you want to walk alongside of him in this yeah. process as he does with you. And I, th I, I believe our God will reveal things in due time. And so, but don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to ask that, that question and be vulnerable before God and process these types of things in your life. Um, that's part of this story. Yeah. I mean, and I don't know, like maybe we, we hit this part now, but on the back end, you know, as Elijah flees and he runs and he ends up in, you know, in a mountain, you know, it's the fire, it's the wind, it's the storm. And it's all these things you think God would show up and speak out of yeah. as to why this is happening. And instead it's the still small voice, mm. you know? And so we'll, we'll talk about that. I think here in a little bit, but that's the reality of like, when you're asking the question of why God or what do I need to learn from this or see from this, you have to be open to the fact that it may take time to learn it. It may take time to see it. It may take time to hear it. And it may not be the way you're expecting. Yeah. You just have to be ready for when God does move and speak or, or reveal to be able to catch it and go, that's it. That's it. And we don't like that. We don't like the valley moment. We don't like the desert moment. We don't like the pit yeah. moment. We like the palace moment. We like the, the promised land moment. We, we like the mountaintop moment. And so we, we skip over it in the story because it's like, oh, yeah, there's this moment. But then reality is in our life, 
we sit in the valley or, or in the wilderness longer than we realize for ourselves, and we pay attention to in the story. You yeah. know, Israel's in the wilderness for 40 years, not 40 days, not 40 months, you know, like 40 years wandering, trying to, to, to you know, really come to grip grips with the fact that you're not being obedient to God and God's trying to teach you something. He's trying to show what's in your heart to everyone else. So it takes time. Mm. And that's, that's, that's the goodness of God that we don't see because he's shaping you in ways you don't know. That's the reality of God, that it's his timing, not our timing. That's the fullness of the story. He's the author he, he's the writer. He decides we don't. And so there, there is where our faith comes into play. Faith is being tested in the time, being tested in the trial, being tested in the truth of God's way versus my way. That's when your faith comes into play when, when you're in the middle of all that. So. That's good, man. That is good stuff. I hope this this helps somebody out there that's listening. Uh, but anyways, I uh, one of my favorite parts of our uh, podcast is uh, our PSPQ question of the day, question of the week. Um, and we got our man Stanton, producer Stanton, in the house. What is going on, brother? The reason why it's his favorite part is because I'm doing it. Yes, hey, that's my boy. And actually, I've had oh. a couple people come up this week and be like, oh, you're on the podcast now? <laughs> we gave you a spot? Yeah, Look at yeah. that. We need, People we love need my the, velvet voice. Moving on up. Is, Remember that show? The we Jeffersons? We need that, that theme. Moving we on got up you. for you. From the Jeffersons. Got you. I, I keep moving up, though. <laughs> I never <laughs> stop. I keep going to the top. Let's go. So we have a jingle. I'm going to play it now, but expect in the future a new one. I'm working on it. So. Let's go. He's putting some work in. Here we go. I don't have a quote this week. I got to work on that, but hopefully next week I do. But our question coming in, and I think it's a really good one because, you know, growing up as a pastor's kid, I've had to deal with that with friends and family of my own. But it says, with people hearing this word and along with the messages that are coming on every week as we go through this series, how can we keep people to choose to believe it? Like, how do we make them believe what they're hearing every Sunday? That's good. Well, here's, <laughs> here's the reality to this question. This is the ongoing question of Christianity and faith, right? This is really the same question and the story of Elijah. Because when he confronts Israel, he says, how long really will you sit between two opinions, right? This is, this is in essence what he tells the nation of Israel in 1 Kings 18. And that means what we've been saying all along. You want God and, right? You're claiming to be God's people and to follow the God who has rescued your people out of Egypt for all these years and brought you into this land, even though now it's divided, but it's God and. How long are you going to keep trying to hold on to both? And really, he says there's two opinions, which is the reality of everything for me, which goes back to it can't be both. It can't be and. It can't be or. It can't be a plus. It, it, you can't have God and mm. this. 
right? Or plus this or with this. This is the reality of what God was calling Israel to do and being set apart, being, you know, sanctified, uh, to be a holy people. Holy wasn't perfection. Holiness was being set apart so that God could perfect in you the life he intended. So that's, that's the key part. Perfection was not, you do everything right. Perfection and holiness was being set apart for God so that he could perfect in you what he intended all along. And what we love to do is go, I'll never be perfect. Therefore, I give up or I'll just do what I I choose to do because that's just the reality of all of it instead of what does God really desire from me. And Elijah here is saying, you have two choices and you keep trying to choose the wrong one or both. And there's only one choice. And we are no different. And we talked about this, uh, you know, last week and a few weeks back that I think I said, you know, one of my biggest frustrations personally, spiritually, and this doesn't mean that I'm better or perfect than, but I'm, I'm called to lead and I'm called to know God's word and I'm called to abide by it and abide in him um, is to know what some people are doing or dabbling with. And no matter what you put in front of them, they still keep doing it. And, you know, it is like you're, you're almost spoon feeding them. Here's, here's, here's the answer. Here's the right path. Here's the right choice. And they still choose the wrong one because in, in our day and time, we would just say it's a term, right? It's, it's in today's generation, it's FOMO, fear of missing out. We have this, this great FOMO of if everyone else has done it, seen it, watched it, whatever it is, I have to say that I've done it as well. Therefore, we participate or we engage in things we shouldn't literally out of fear of missing out. And that was no different than the nation of Israel. All the other nations had a king. All the other nations are marrying whoever they want to marry. All the other nations are serving multiple gods uh, because their God may have a little bit more power in this area than I think my God does. And so they're trying to collect everything with God. And this, this question here is no different. I just texted my wife the other day because inevitably my daughter has seen the preview for the Barbie movie, Right. And I told my wife, I said, just wait till it's about to come out and we start to see the reviews. And I guarantee you, this is not a movie we'll like, let her see. It's automatic, right? you know. <laughs> right, you can just tell now with Hollywood. Big time. So you know where they're going with their audiology. You know that it's a, it's a huge uh, um, push towards LBGTQ. And yet what will happen is a bunch of girls will go see the Barbie movie, which if someone came to me, I would say, well, you don't take your daughter to it. Why? What's what's the what's wrong with it? What what is it about it that you know? Because it's going to show them an ideology that you have to spend some time at some point unteaching and deconstructing. That's why the world and especially Hollywood is trying to spoon feed your children an ideology to live by, to accept, to whatever. And God's word says differently. Therefore, when you have these conversations five, six years from now, and they don't understand why, or they don't want to agree with God's word or where your faith is, it's because you gave them five or six years of a whole different ideology and thinking that you now are going to have trouble deconstructing instead of guarding them from it. It is your role as a parent to guard them. So inevitably, here's what will happen. We'll talk about this right now. I will say, I would not let my daughter see it. 
Now, I'm not going to say she's not going to be somewhere that it's not on a TV screen and she see pieces of it, but I'm going to choose not to pay it. I'm going to choose not to let it be played in my house. And someone's going to say, yeah, but, but my daughter, all her friends were doing it. Well, then ultimately that's your choice. But when you have the consequences of whatever that fallout is or whatever that next conversation is, you made the choice to go there. Yeah. So like All in Israel's the name of being entertainment. given the answers and yeah. they're choosing other than just like we do today. Yeah. No, no, that's the truth. And yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, I, I, I thought about this and it's always kind of stayed in my, my head as I've, um, ta- as I've listened time and time again, uh, this type of question, but even Jesus, Jesus couldn't win them all. Jesus could not, you know, there was choices to be made for everyone in regards to the way he was presenting the gospel and the way that he was bringing the kingdom of God into this earth. Not everyone accepted it. And I, I love what he says in Matthew 13, story of the farmer depositing seed into the soil. And he talked about thorny soil. He talked about a good soil. He talked about um, uh, hard a ground that that the seed was tossed in, but each one of them, it was it was just this. It was the same seed deposited in all of these grounds, and it, it and and in one of them, the thorny soil um, choked out the seed. Um, the the dry soil just the seed could not produce anything. So, at the end of the day, like the seeds falling. Things are being spoken to over these individuals and and through the, in their lives, and it's it's where the condition of their heart is to receive this, um, and their choices to open it up and receive it, and and to allow God to really produce something deep within. Um, ultimately, it comes down to our choice. You know, what are we going to decide to really bring in? Um, what's what's important to us right now? Um, but I, I, I think it's a great question. For, um, for the person who wrote this question, this is, this is a passage of Scripture that I, I think about often and I, I think is so applicable to all of us today, and I think that it is something that we have to learn to live by. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14.20, okay? 1 Corinthians 14.20, Be infants in evil, but in your thinking be mature. Like, listen to that simple truth. Be infants in evil, meaning, like, be naive. Be, you know, be the one that doesn't know what that term means or, or that movie was or that TV series was. Be, be the infant that just has no clue, right, in the evil things. But in your thinking, be mature. In your faith, in, in your walk with God, know and discern and see things and hear things differently. That's where we are supposed to be progressing towards, right? That we are mature, faithful followers of Jesus, and we start to see and hear things differently. We're not infants. Infants are everyone else is doing it. I'm going to do it, right? That's childlike. That That's just going along with the crowd in the world. And as we were in Vegas this past week, you know, for the first time, and as I said, I've never had a desire to go out there, you know, mainly probably because it's called Sin City, you know, but I've mm-hmm. had people speak into my life and say, look, I've gone out there and you can just discern and feel, you know, that it's sin. Yeah. You know, now someone listening, they go, oh, no, wait, blah, blah. 
And I'm not saying like everything out there is completely wrong, but what is it known for, right? Yeah. It's known for sinful things. And, and so we're walking through the hotel, we're walking through the casinos. My son's 21, you know, so we're walking through it for the first time, letting him see it. And we're just having a conversation. And we're talk, I'm telling them about how they have studied how to, you know, the sights, the sounds, the smells, everything to make it addictive. Your brain, you know, is just triggered on all these little things, the bells, the ding, someone wins a jackpot, you know, everyone goes over running. And, and so all of a sudden you get to this addictive point where it's like he's, you know, he's asking, how can they sit on that machine all day? I go, because their mind is telling them, mm. if I leave and someone comes behind me, that next pull of the lever or that next flip of the card is going to be the winning one. And I can't have lost all this money and let them come have the, the, the winning hand. But then we got into a conversation, which I just thought was awesome to have with my son about how, um, and this doesn't make it sinful, but this is a great analogy, how Chuck E. Cheese has, and Dave and Buster switched from like the video games you grew up playing to what? kind of the same type of games, these ticket games where you're just punching buttons. And it, why? Because on a childlike level, they know this is addictive. Mm. Why does your kid panic that they can't stay longer in Chuck E. Cheese to win more tickets? They really could care less about the prize. You get the stupid spider ring and your kid leaves it on the back seat by the time you get out of the car. What are they chasing? More and more tickets because they want to go back and just keep punching these machines. And so I said, well, that doesn't mean Chuck E. Cheese is sinful and evil, although I hate the place, so I would call it that. <laughs> <laughs> the addiction that they know it can create yeah. is exactly the same. Wow. And the world knows how to trap you and bring you in. And our job is to be infants in evil mm. and to be mature in our thinking and infants will say, well, everyone's getting to watch this Disney movie or this series on Netflix. Why don't I? Mature would be, hey, is this the right movie? Is this the right thing for my kids? Do I really want them to digest this? Do, if, there's a difference when you don't know the movie's outcome, right? Like You get caught off guard and you're like, oh, I didn't know that was in there. Versus you know that they're pushing an agenda or trying to sell an ideology. And you specifically go there or you take your kids to it. It's yeah, a choice. That's the truth, man. So I hope that answered uh, a little bit of the question. And in the words of Minnesota Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins, you like that? You like that. <laughs> I've been watching uh, that quarterback. Netflix quarterback. Yeah. Oh, so good, man. So good to see um, just the back end storylines and stuff like that. So, But anyways, getting back to Elijah, uh, a couple facts on him. But he, uh, he was a prophet. He was a prophet at this time, and uh, understand that prophets were not fortune tellers. They spoke on God's behalf. They called out uh, things that were very difficult to call out at this time, like I, I, um, idolatry and justice. They constantly challenged Israel to be the light to the nations that they should obey God's commands, and they challenged Israel to repent and follow God. So it, it wasn't... Um, as glorious as this title may be, it actually was a very difficult one in the sense of um, standing up and standing strong for the belief in God. And I God. want to point out something in that because that is where we, I think, misunderstand prophecy. Mm. We have sensationalized prophecy. We want end times prophecy. We want prophecy for our lives. Like 
Where is it headed? Where is it going? And what we don't want to realize is that the prophets, they were all rejected by Israel. They weren't accepted because they had the message from God that was a warning from God. If you don't stop doing this, this is going to happen. No one wanted to hear that. No one wanted to accept that. Yet we live in a culture where everyone wants to go around to prophecy conferences, right? Because we can't wait for prophecy. Yet if it's coming from a prophet, it's going to come with a message that, that most people don't want to hear or accept. It's not just about fortune telling. Like that's what I think most people think prophecy is. Mm. They were foretelling events. They were foretelling of things to come. At the same time, it was coming with grave warnings. If you do this, this is going to be your outcome. And we're going to see that in the next few weeks, what happens to Israel. So Elijah isn't this beloved prophet. He's the greatest prophet of Israel. But at the same time, no one wants to hear his message. No. And we have to rethink what we're seeking and what we're trying to YouTube and watch, you know, and where we're attending, where we're just getting prophetic messages that we feel good about. Yeah. It may not be the right prophetic message that God wants us to be aware of. Yeah. So before God could use Elijah, there was a process that he had to prepare him for. Um, and, and we're going to talk through that. Uh, but three, three, Three truths about Elijah's story, and number one is this, that God prepared uh, him in the valleys. Um, God brought Elijah through two major valleys before he got invited to the mountain. So um, I want to talk through a little bit of that. There's some significance in in those processes, but in general, this is kind of the way life is going, right? You know, for me growing up, I always understood you got to work your way up. You know, my, 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 my uncle, you know, I started my, my driving career or driving history with a beat up, you know, Dodge shadow. Like it just, that's how it starts. Like, and there's beauty behind that. There's a process in, in, in starting small, working your way. And this is, it, it seems like this is, uh, it's kind of a general, or, or seems like God works in this type of way as well. He wants to develop. He wants to get you prepared so that you are fully ready for what he wants to do and equipped you in the right ways. And this is where we find ourselves with Elijah, preparing him in the valleys of our life, where many of us try to avoid the valleys. That's where God really does his best work. What do you it think about that? You. Yeah. You know, and humility is a key factor in our faith. Yeah. In Christianity yeah. is is being humble before God. Yeah. You know, and you know, my my son this weekend as we were spending time together, uh he's he gets contracted out by Under Armour. So they pro bono, they pay for everything. Room and board, meals, and then they pay him well. And my fear, you know, in talking with him is that like, hey, you're you're just about to turn 22. And at 22 years old, you're already being flown around the country and you're getting paid what I would say is ridiculous, you know, to come out and film basketball players. And um, and so I'm trying to keep him level-headed, you know. Mm. And so, you know, last night his flight because of the heat gets grounded and um, where he was supposed to land in Atlanta for his next gig at like 9 o'clock, he doesn't get there till 4.30 a.m. So this morning I'm trying to contact him and 
the uh, rental rental or something didn't work out. So therefore he had to sleep in the airport over in the corner. And while as a dad, you're like, you hate that, right? Like my son's literally sleeping in the corner of an airport. There's a side of me that goes, it's going to be good. It's because it's, it's, you just come off a weekend where everything's just kind of being given to you mm. and you're being humbled again for the moment. And, and there are moments in our life that we need to be humbled yeah. because we can get too haughty and too prideful and, you know, pride comes before the fall. Right. Yeah. And so that's why for us, even knowing God's word, we can't get huffed up on knowledge, be puffed up on knowledge because it makes us haughty. Yeah. And therefore we think that we know, but we're not living by it. Right. And so for Elijah, this man ends up in, in, in the valley in the sense of there's a drought. There's a drought in the land. Um, God has told him this drought is coming. Um, he's, he needs water and bread. He ends up with a widow who she doesn't have enough for herself. Hmm. And yet he says, listen, if you do this, God will bless you. Um, so there's this moment where you can just tell that God is really preparing him because that that big moment that we know Elijah for, where he's going to be at Mount Carmel before the prophets of Baal, and, and this whole showdown is going to happen, you know, in Scripture, is really him learning to trust that the message I've given you mm. is the message I want you to tell, right? And for some of us, that's what we need to know. God is giving us a message and he wants you to be obedient and telling it, whether it comes out good or whether you end up in a valley with it, right? Your, your job is to be obedient to the message. And that was what a prophet was for. And that's what we say as pastors, like you may or may not like what you're hearing on Sunday. You may or not may not like what you're hearing on this podcast. Our job is to be obedient to the message of God. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, we are not here to appease you. We are here only to serve God. Therefore, you, you're really not angry at me. <laughs> you're angry at God. You don't like his rules, his boundaries, his parameters. But this is his story. Yeah. That's why we call it the never-ending story. It's his story that never ends. He's the author of it. Therefore, we're just giving you his word. Yeah, that's good. And like you were saying, to go back a little bit into that humbling experience, but mountaintops inspire us, but the valleys are what grow and mature us. And so it's always great to have that balance in life. But here we are in the Valley of Cherith. I hope I'm saying that correctly. But in 1 Kings 17, 3 through 5, that's where we find ourselves. And it says, depart from here and turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook of Cherith which is east of the Jordan. You shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. He went and lived by the brook, brook of uh, brook Cherith, that is east of the Jordan. Like you said, he his, it, it was his, his duty was to listen to the words given to him and instructions and go by that. There's and two here things there, right? Yeah. Like, first of all, um, there's that word east. Yeah. So it's been showing up since the garden, right? So East. anytime you see that word, it's it's like this little subtle light bulb, like things aren't aren't going to be well, right? Like that's just that that little trigger cue. Chad and I were talking on the phone yesterday in the airport, and he said someone came up to him after the service. Um, I think they're an avid listener to the podcast. Yes, and uh, they said, "Hey, you know what's interesting about this?" And I just was like, "That's awesome." Uh, to think about, we were talking about and discussing it. He said, ravens are trash birds, you know, like, like a raven, like that's, that's what they're known for. You know, they're going to go just scavenge for whatever. 
the garbage, roadkill on the, on the side of the road, whatever they can get. And this is the bird that's picked to feed Elijah. So it, there's, just, there's this picture there of like, well, he's not getting like a ribeye, you know, <laughs> like delivered to him by birds. You know, it's not like this, this beautiful, elegant eagle, like no. in all of its splendor, like swooping in and, you know, like a, a Lord of the Rings moment yeah, and like yeah. laying before oh. him this lavish meal. God says, go to the brook. Is a drought, and you're going to drink out of this brook, so we don't know what the size of it or what that water is like. And then the ravens are going to come feed you. And you talk about Just humbling, scraps. and you talk about trial, and you talk about like this is this is wow. how good it's going to get right now. This is how the story of Elijah. There's no comfort in this entire situation. Right. And for a long time, I'll be honest, I thought that all right, he's getting fed, he's good to go, God's providing. But never really realizing, like, the type of feeding he's getting, you know? Like, it's not it's not extravagant food whatsoever. It's So you're, you're talking, you know, your, your, your living is, is very uh, shaky. Your, your, your eating is very shaky. <laughs> Everything about this situation is very uncomfortable. So it's relatable. Yeah. There are people that feel like I'm drinking. I'm drinking from a dried up brook right yeah. now. And I feel like I'm just getting the table scraps of wow. everything, right? So you immediately can relate to Elijah because you're you're in that that very, you know, dried up moment that he finds himself in, but he's finding himself in a place where he has to trust the provision of God, no matter how it comes, mm. no matter how small, no matter what way it's being delivered to him, trust the provision of God. And for us, that is the reality. Do we trust the provision of God, no matter how it's arriving in the moment? Wow. It may not be arriving lavishly, but do I trust it's coming from God and he's still looking after me? Yeah, that's crazy. So in verses 6 and 7, basically the ravens bringing him bread and and meat, uh, scraps of that twice a day. So you know, he's not even getting three meals a day, <laughs> it seems like, from Scripture. But in verse 7, I find it interesting that after a while, it says the brook dried up. And so I, I once again, like, you're, you, I can envision Elijah trying to find comfort in some way in this situation. And the very thing that he could rely on to and then day to day is now no longer there. Now here, here comes another like uncomfortable situation. It reminds me of just somebody that is just time and time again, doesn't seem to take a foot step forward and something hits you and it tosses you three steps back. It, this is how that situation seems to me. The one thing you can rely on is water and food. And now water is even gone. Then, then he ends up in the region of Sidon. Yeah. And in this place called Zarephath, and there's a widow. And what you have to realize in that piece of that story is if there's no water, whatever she has that he's you asking for, it. some they a lot of that's people don't it. Have it. That's yeah. all she's got. Yeah. And he's asking for what she has left. Yeah. So the messenger of God shows up and says, Give me all that you have. So now you can switch characters in the story, right? Like, am I this widow? Am I and I am I willing to give whatever I have left? That's to crazy. the work of God, right? To what, what God wants. And sidebar note in the story, so this is like 
let's take this next level for a second. Mark chapter 7, Jesus shows up in the same area. He goes to Tyre and Sidon. So this is same area, and this is what makes the story of Jesus so cool. Widow, our, our mom shows up, her daughter's demon-possessed, and Jesus heals the, the, the daughter um, because of the faith of the mom. And really, in essence, what she says is, can, can you do this? And Jesus says, I've, I can't give you the food that's for the children, for Israel. And she says, yeah, but even the dogs eat the crumbs from the table. So she's a Gentile. So she is saying, look, I know I'm not a Jew and it's not supposed to, the message isn't for me first, but I, I, I do know that there's always scraps, even the dogs get at the end, crumbs, which is crumbs come from what? Bread, yeah. right? Jesus is in the same place doing a miracle with a mother and her child in the same place Elijah finds himself in with a mother and her and child. And so there's this mirror, we talk about symmetry, of that woman in Mark 7 knows this story in Elijah of her area. That w- way back when Elijah showed up and a miracle was done by the power of his God. And I believe this is the son wow. of God and he has shown up and he can do that same miracle in my child's life type of a deal. Both of them have the faith of the mom. The mom has to have the faith to give Elijah what he's requesting. Wow. And he tells her, it won't run out if you give it to me, right? Which is echoed years years later, hundreds of years later, when Jesus shows up with the feeding of the 5,000, it doesn't run out, right? Which is the miracle right before the one we find of him and Tyree and Sidon. And so in Mark 7, she realizes this. It's her faith. Just give me the crumbs. That's all I need. Just little crumbs left of the bread because there isn't much left. Mm. And so you have two people with this faith that this is what's being asked. I'll take I'll take just the morsels and crumbs from it type of video, right? Amazing. And this is how God works in our life. God, I don't need the full loaf of bread. I don't need the 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 spring right now coming up from the ground. I'll take the the brook where there's just some water coming down through the rocks. I'll take what the little bit of bread and cakes left over. Whatever it is, God, because I trust your provision is going to be greater than what I think that I need right now. Wow. And, and little do we know it's all preparation because – Two lessons that Elijah learned was to trust in God and to put total dependency on him. And so valleys are necessary, a necessary process as God prepares us for bigger plans that we see Elijah is going to go through um, here shortly. And so God is preparing him on the venture. In 1 Kings 18.1, after many days, the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year saying, go show yourself to Ahab. Um, now, now something's happening here. We find ourselves, uh, he's, um, uh, we would say what, a few years now within yeah. this entire preparation process of his life. And the cool part is that like, this is why we have decided this year's been dubbed the never ending story. Cause we're trying to show you the story of God. Not like it's just some novel like Lord of the Rings, but true, like there's a story. Yeah. In this piece of it, it's like this story being set up and being written perfectly mm. for God to show himself and reveal himself because God has God is not happy with Israel. They have divided themselves in kingdoms, ten northern, two southern. King Ahab is one of the northern kings who just keeps rebelling against God. He's married Jezebel, who's now brought 
idol worship in, especially, you know, exactly what God has told them what happened. And, and now Elijah shows up with this message from God that I'm going to bring a drought on the land. And to know the deep pieces of the story, if you're not as familiar with it, some people are, Baal was also the God of the rain. So here's the God they're serving is the God of water and rain. And God says, "Uh, uh-uh, I'm going to shut up the skies. There'll be no rain. I'm going to cause a drought. I'm going to show you who actually is the one true God and who isn't. You, wow. you're all, you, nation of Israel, you have all adopted serving a false God. So that's already being given to us before this encounter. So then the prophet of God shows up to Ahab and says, bring out your 850 prophets. So now he's outnumbered by a lot. Let them do their thing to your God, Baal. As a matter of fact, let's do it this way. Let's sacrifice and then let's, you know, let's, let's fill up some buckets of water, which water's, you know, scarce. Yeah. Let's dump it on it. And then you pray that your God will come down and burn your sacrifice. And it's a mockery. It's a full mockery of your God versus my God. And, and, and our God, the God of the Bible, has set this stage. He has brought it to this moment where, hey, you take your 850, I'll take my one true messenger. We'll put them against each other. And you take your God, that's the God of rain, and I'll show you who opens up the skies, really. Epic and who gives you the rain. And this is like, if there was a movie being played out, this is like that thundering moment where you're just getting ready to watch it go and you're you're just you're leaning in like Build up. this is what everything's been building to. Yeah. This is the beauty of the story form of God's word that it's beautifully written this way. Yeah. And as you know, their God does nothing. They 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 resort to cutting themselves and like Crazy. falling apart because there's no response. Elijah starts to practically mock them. And then he prays and God brings down fire and consumes all of it. And the people then want to declare, your God is the one true God. It's momentarily, right? Because we find that they go right back. We're, it's the question. It's, it's a mind boggling. So here's all the people. This is what I want to say real quick. That consistently say, if God did now what he did back in the Bible, more people would believe. Right? Don't we hear that all the time? I've heard that a lot, yeah. If the people in the Bible who actually saw it for, for the first time saw it and didn't continue to believe, yeah. do you think you're any different? So it comes back to true faith is in the unseen. Mm. That's what faith is. I choose in the unseen but also in the seen to believe. I don't need the big miracle just to know that God is real. The big miracles actually, let's be honest, are few and far between. We just pay attention to them more in Scripture because yeah. they're abnormal. Most of the story written has nothing to do with miracles in it at all. So it's the valley. It's, it's, it's the low moment. It's the pit. Where's the miracle? But it's the people who had faith when there wasn't one yeah. that stand out. You're that's more what we're blessed. Yes, that's the key. And that's what it makes Elijah such a great prophet is that... He is outside of Moses, the one the nation of Israel looks to. He's the one that Malachi, another prophet, will come out and he'll say, uh, the great and mighty Elijah 
will return before the great and mighty day of the Lord. So the nation of Israel had this mindset that because Elijah didn't die, he's taken up in a chariot. He's the only person, you know, we find, I think, in Enoch, um, that God just, it just says he, he takes him. And so they see him as this great prophet and that he'll return one day. And when he returns, it's setting up the coming of the Messiah, which then makes you now understand John the Baptist is quoting Elijah. Jesus does a, a miracle like Elijah in the place of Elijah. He's trying to show the one like Elijah has arrived and has come. And this is what makes Elijah so great. At the same time, he's human. He runs away after this and he ends up in the cuff of a rock and there's fire and wind and a storm and God chooses to speak to him through a still small voice. Yeah, That's to me, one of the biggest parts of this whole story. It's not that the rains came and opened up and God showed his glory and his might. It's how God chose to speak to his prophet. And that speaks dearly to me because that is what really confirmed God's message for me to start Genesis Church. I got away for 10 days. I was on vacation. I was praying that God would make my phone ring. I would see a billboard. Like it's the wind, the fire, the storm. Like God, make it bold and make it clear. And I got none of that. And I got back and I told a friend who was asking me, like, did you get an answer from God? I go, I sought God for 10 straight days and got nothing. He said, it sounds like you were looking for him in the fire, the wind, and the storm, but you weren't Hmm. listening to the still small voice. And when Hmm. he said that, I can tell you it was like someone punched me in the chest and my heart like skipped like that hard. Like, oh, and, and, 48 hours later, I'm in a place and I'm listening to this guy open up God's word and God just subtly speaks to me and goes, this is what I was wanting you to hear. And I go home that night in tears to my wife and it took the still small voice. It wasn't the fire. It wasn't the the wind. It wasn't the storm. And here's the messenger from God. You think he would like come down with fire. Thus says the Lord, go tell my people, Elijah. No, he just, he whispers to him. And for someone listening to today, that's why we must be infants and evil and in our thinking be mature that we can hear God's whisper in the noise of the world around us mm. that is filled with lots of evil. Wow. That's, that's really good stuff, man. And so Ma, these mountaintop experiences are, they're often there and they're results of these valley moments, you know? So if you find yourself avoiding these valley moments, you're, you're, most likely avoiding the full development of your life um, and and really skipping important pieces of your life um, that will you'll be able to see God's hand in. So that's really good, man. A um, lot, man. It was a it was a water hose of info and just a care a, a person's life there's so much that we can unpack with his life so i encourage you guys to to really check elijah out and really spend some time uh just looking at the processes of his life and how really god molded and shaped him but be humble in the mountaintops be strong in the valleys and be faithful in between and so whoo this is good there you go this is good, man. Episode 29 in the books, guys. We are uh, we're on our way. We're going, man. We're going. 
um, 52, right? Well, for a, for a full year? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, was, man, look at that. They're climbing. That's good. Climbing. Um, it just gets better and better each time. So with every listen, with every view, it's just getting better, and God's doing some great things. So we appreciate the questions on the PSPQ segment. That was phenomenal. Really thank you guys for doing that. And once again, follow us on social media at Post Sunday Podcast, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Threads. Uh, we're also on YouTube at Post Sunday Podcast. If you want to view us, subscribe, hit that notification bell. You'll be informed every time we get content out for you. But episode 29, Elijah is in the books. We're so thankful for this episode. Uh, but we want to hear from you guys. Send over your questions to us. DM us on any of our social media platforms, or you can email us at postsundaypodcast at gmail.com. And we'll get back to you. We'll feature, uh, we might just feature your question here in the pod. So be ready for that. Uh, but appreciate the support. Love you guys. Thank you for tuning in, watching, listening. And uh, we can't wait to be with you guys next week on the Post Sunday Podcast. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to the Post Sunday Podcast. Presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando and at Post Sunday Podcast. Till next time, grace and peace to all of you.